2: No. Hold on. Screw it. We'll do it live.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you ever like, like, make an appointment? You know, like, like. <laughs> shows up. Shows up immediately. You 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 sit here and you like. <laughs> <Harry>. <laughs> <laughs> You're like all frustrated, like boo, 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 I told you to be here, man. Yeah, he's here. Yeah. Man. Man. Anyways. Nine right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nine <o'clock. laughs> it's nine o'clock, right? Yeah. <laughs> rockstar Reinhold showing up here on, on this on part two of this episode of Loki Wall. Hi everybody, I'm Harry A.K.A. Target uh, joined again with Reinhold, who's coming in like a rockstar who decided to skip sound check because he's too good for it. Uh, <laughs> that's why you don't skip sound check, sir. So that's why you don't skip it. And uh, also awesome. <laughs> join with Vincent. Go ahead and say hi, Vincent. Hi, Vincent all right that's fine that's an antique joke that's very yes, so yes be, i know you gotta be careful with those jokes uh um, yeah. oh oh we got someone who's like yes yes you get to catch it live you're catching it live and we're actually all here on time back <laughs> again look at us we're riding again on time on a monday night yeah this feels good it feels yeah. good um I feel like we're, I I personally feel like I'm getting going, going to get the swing of the things of doing things and being here on a Monday night to to like record. It's just something like trying to get everything squunched into this seamless hour. It's going to be uh, somewhat of a challenge um, for the first few times, but I figure if we can get it done and if we can get Reinhold to show up on time and put the beers down, you know we might be able to you know get some semblance of like a show okay all right
0: Nick, uh, i'll be honest the You're seamless hour is going to be the issue <laughs> it's going to be like all right uh we have 20 minutes left and uh donovan hasn't gone yet so uh we're going to be here for another extra 20 minutes after
2: oh, and <laughs> got to wrap that up wrap it up okay right all right all right so but, you know, uh, whew. so does anyone remember what we're doing? Does everyone remember their pl- uh, what they're talking about on this episode? Yes. I know. Do anyone know why we're all here? Do you guys remember? Talk why are any things. of us here? All right. All right. See, right See, things. see, right hold. See, we're not doing that. We're going to go down that route round home with you. We're okay? not We're not going down there? We're not doing uh, that with you, okay? Not until we start
0: talking about Steins Gate. It's fine.
2: <laughs> not doing a four-hour stream tonight? No. No <laughs> four-hour no four Monday night stream. When we start streaming on uh, Friday nights, yes, yes, let's <laughs> start doing a four-hour Friday night stream, okay? How about that? <laughs> How does that sound to you, Ryan? Right does that sound good to you? Hey. Whenever, man, I take I take a uh, four hours whenever I can get it. We'll start at eight o'clock on a Friday and go four hours all the way to midnight. Would that sound good? Just go till our voices just
1: give out on us, it'll be midnight. See how long it can go
0: for you, maybe. it <laughs> will be like, all right. So that was that <sighs> was the fifth arc of One Piece, and Ar- uh, <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about the sixth arc. Uh, <laughs>
2: Anyway, so in his lobby, (laughs) Loki Wall is working on a project for it now. The project we're working on is the media that shaped us. Um, It was it was came to my mind of trying to do something to do like the anime or things that I said that shaped me a lot of my opinions, and I brought that idea to Vincent. He took the idea, ran with it, expanded upon it. So I decided to get the entire cast and crew to get well as much as people I can to come up with the exact same thought and bring out different media that help shape their opinions or basically touch them in some way. And so, so you can just get better to know like the cast and crew, the people around the things Or just, you know, let us talk about different media that we enjoy because often you get to really just discuss the media. No, none of this is meant to be a book report or, you know, and there's potential spoilers ahead on all, everything that we talk about. So if you don't like spoilers, then gar up, Everything's got a spoiler on it. Learn to enjoy it. Yeah. What? What? That's fair. That's
0: fair. Yeah. I, mean, I get it. I get it. That's yeah.
2: fair. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Grow up. And if there's too many spoilers, you know what? We have the spoiler tag. It'll give you a spoiler warning. If there's something going to come, we'll say we'll say potential spoiler. We're watching it live on the video. There'll be a spoiler banner on the bottom. So That's you fair. get a benefit for watching it live, or just to. Uh, Watching the video versus just listening to the podcast. So benefit. Just benefit, small benefit. And we're gonna give it away because if we charge you for you probably would listen to it. So anyways. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just a little distracted
1: by the TV screen behind you. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's like somebody's playing Madden. What the No, mm. oh, that's someone's soul dying behind me.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> <them> <laughs> reviewing the Madden and how it's terrible. That's what that is. Yeah,
2: yeah. You might be seeing uh what is considered the angry Joe show on his annual review of of Madden, of Madden which, <laughs> which I feel bad for him. him. Because he's been holding the torch of how bad this game has become, so I feel like a need to watch it because he suffered yes. so for us to have this information. <laughs> so I will suffer and watch and laugh and suffer suffer listening to him, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, so what we're bringing out today is uh, talking, uh, so the media we're going to, like, Ryan Hall's going to do Bare Naked Ladies, I'm going to do Ghost in the Shell, and Vincent's going to do uh, Steins Gate, and he's getting ready to really, like, you know, he is gnawing at the bit, so Vincent, <laughs> do you want to go first? I mean, I can. Yeah, why don't you set us up, so start us off. Yeah, uh,
0: one, one sec, I, had a, I needed. I'm a little thirsty. <laughs> Are you thirsty? Thirsty? Oh, he's
1: going to get
0: that throat oh, going, real right. scratchy. The embrochure of the
2: gods. The of the gods. Oh, mm, a little ASMR mm. for you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> right, over. Here's your ambrosia. Right, hole, Right, hole. We 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 talked about this you bit. We talked. Miss- it.
0: <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Mm. <laughs> wow. So- Wow. Steinsgate, for me, was when I first watched it, it was at a point where I actually could understand the anime and media at the time. Because before Steinsgate, I'd watched mostly the Toonami stuff of like um, Dragon Ball Z and Naruto and all that stuff that was showing at that time. And of course, I watched Cowboy Bebop, but I was way too young to understand the the spiritualism and all of the social commentary of Cowboy Bebop because I was, like, 13 and didn't know any better, to be honest. But I I watched Science Game when I was probably about 17 or 18, and then I started to... I was at a point mentally where I could start to understand a lot of the aspects of the anime that is much more in-depth besides just, oh, man, two action figures smashing together, and it looks cool. So...
2: (laughs) You didn't like that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but it's more of this. Steins was the first one that actually caused me to think in depth about the story and the narrative and everything that's happening. Um, Steins Gate, the premise is it is the most shorthand version. A group of outcasts figure out how to send messages back in time. And when they send messages back in time, it changes history but only the main character Okabe remembers that they have changed the time and all the changes that happen to the world. Only Okabe remembers it happening Hmm. up to a point where they, they meet a convergence moment that will always happen and they have to, and he has to figure out how to revert all of the changes they made in the past to prevent that convergent thing from happening.
2: Like, uh, does like Okabe have like some like superpower that makes you do that? <laughs>
0: well, I mean, technically he does because <laughs> he's the only person that remembers being able to switch lines, which he purposely calls reading Steiner because he's um, a Chinebio. Which, for those who aren't familiar with anime and stuff, Chinebio is a is a term for like eighth grade mindset of somebody who basically has a who basically plays pretend, but as a personality. So Okube's alternate personality is the mad scientist Showing Kyoma, who mm-hmm. all, who always wears a lab coat, as Harry so eloquently decided to wear for the past two episodes, which wasn't explained last time because we never got to this point.
2: They're very comfortable. Only like the, the greats have their coats their, their, <laughs> on. You know, it's
0: my shield. It keeps me safe. But the the themes and the the fact that dealing with the consequences of your actions and what are you willing to give up to get what you desire is the massive element of the entire story because they start willy nilly changing the past without thinking about any of the consequences of their changes. And when they get to the convergent point, which I'll get to in a minute, uh, that convergent point basically wakes Okabe up of, Oh my God, we've changed the past so much that this thing will always happen. And I need to figure out how to prevent this thing from happening again and again and again. And even if that means ripping away the 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 joy and happiness of all of his friends that he allowed them to experience by a single change in the past. The and with that, there's a single ca- the character I want to talk about that embodies it is a character named Ruka. So when you meet Ruka. My, uh, I will. I will say that since it was made in 2010, it's a little problematic with Ruka because you know he's Ruka is a male that looks very effeminate. So when they first meet Ruka, Okube basically goes through a whole spiel of how Okuba not how Okuba how Ruka is basically the the perfect woman, but he's a boy. Yeah, he fits all this mm-hmm. this types of of what you would want in a woman, but he's a boy, mm-hmm. and that's what prevents him from seeing. Ruka in any romantic way, but Ruka because he's has a very effeminate build, he's con- people con- constantly treat him like a like a female even though he's a male, mm-hmm. to the point where his parents make him wear a shrine maiden outfit instead of like a shrine shrine priest outfit when because his family runs a, a shrine so he has to dress like he has to wear the female clothes instead of the male clothes, um, in the a uh, visual novel game you find more about his past than the fact that his older sister basically used him as a dress-up doll and forced him to wear these female clothes because she wanted him to and was bigger and stronger than he was so forced him to wear it anyway and the the character Mayuri, who loves cosplay uh convinces, like constantly wants him to wear this female character's cosplay because she thinks it fit him perfectly so when he finds out they can keep changing things in the past, he asks them to send a message back to, to his mom to make him a girl by using a, the, the myth that, that when, you're, when, a fem- when a woman's pregnant, if she eats more veggies, she'll have a girl. And if she eats meat, she's, she'll have a boy. And it's a, it was a myth that was widely believed for a while. So they convinced her, and then he changed the world line of which Ruka is now a female. And it's, it is great for Ruka because Ruka got what she, what she wanted, but you can also tell that it was that dysphoria and that feeling of being accepted was forced upon her by her by her family because they basically saw him as a girl. And when they have to go back and revert the change of Ruka being a girl back to a boy, it, it's so devastating to watch Ruka have to come to terms with this change. Um, spoiler warnings at this point. I'm going to just put it out there. So the, one of the main reasons Ruka wanted to become a female is because Ruka is gay and has a a gay, romantic feelings for Okube, which puts in context the whole thing at the beginning of Okube saying that he would date Ruka if he was a girl. And all all this build-up, this gag, actually had way more weight to it because Ruka felt that same way to him, but he felt that, especially since it was 2010 and Japan, and Japan has a whole thing about homosexuality, and it's rough over there. Um, he felt he could only be accepted if he was a girl for his feelings. And the reason he even had feelings for Okube was when he interacted with Okube for the first time. Okube basically saved Ruka from all these prying uh, otaku who was trying to force him to take pictures. And he didn't want to, and Okabe is like, it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, you're you, you're a person. It doesn't matter. So these people should just leave you alone and let you live your life. Mm -hmm. And when they convince Ruka to go back to being a male, she starts having a breakdown, which she's talking about. If I knew it it would hurt so bad to give this up, I would have never done it in the first place. Mm -hmm. and as she's changing, she tells Okube, can you please remember me like this instead of me as a boy? Mm -hmm. And them having to rip away this moment of acceptance for Ruka and her own being to go back to being a boy just to prevent the convergence from happening is in essence the how they treat all the characters in the show every character has a moment or a a part in the story that is strictly about how all of this is affecting them and them willingly ripping away their joy to prevent the convergence from happening which happens to be Mayuri, who's Okube's best, his closest friend, his oldest friend, who he basically saved from even ending her own life, gets killed. And he keeps trying to reset time and prevent that from happening over and over and over again. Um, at one point, he's talking to uh, a, a character named Karisu and tells her that he's relived Mayuri's death hundreds of times. And he's already growing numb to seeing her die. And he's been trying so hard by himself because nobody else can remember it happening. And the weight that puts on his, his psyche and him dealing with, with all of the, the facts that he gave everybody what they wanted. But in order to save their friend, he has to rip it all away. And it becomes even more of an issue when he realizes that the first time he changed time was when he witnessed uh, a character dying who he became friends with later. And he has to let that friend die to save another one. And if he's willing to choose which friend to live and which friend to die. And this is all wrapped around this core of the beginning of you get to understand these characters and they're silly and wacky. And one Mm -hmm. guy likes is an otaku and one character is a girl who who wears a maid outfit and and wears cat ears and goes, yeah, all the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Ferris is the best. If you feel like watching the show, watch it for Ferris. (laughs) Okay. Which, you know, know, like Ferris is like, uh,
0: yeah, her whole thing thing, is is dark as well. It's really sad they're all they're yeah. all dark yeah. um, all everything is concerned is is dark and sad and they also yeah. but it also shows that the consequences of your actions and dealing with it mm-hmm. they also go out of their way especially with the knowledge they had in 2010 to mm-hmm. try to be as roughly scientifically accurate as they can be mm-hmm. with even though most of it's kind of mostly theory that they elaborate massively on for no reason mm-hmm. cuz like using the Hydron Collider to make black holes that allows you to send information back in time. Yeah. It's a little extreme, a little ridiculous, but they they try to use as much actual theory to make it work. Mm-hmm. Even though it's still science fantasy for most part. Correct. Because their time machine's a microwave with a cell phone attached to it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah.
2: But you've got to give something up because like time travel yeah. just doesn't exist currently. Exactly. Or will never exist. I have to put that cap in because Ryan House is like,
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> time travel will never exist, and then he'll go to like a 30-minute spiel on why it won't exist. Look at right. him. He's already, he's already teed it up. <laughs>
0: but, but not just the narrative of Steinsgate, Gate. It also, as a show, it shows the ability of the medium of animation to create moments that are so distinct from anything else you can do on television mm-hmm. or on movies or anything else. Yeah, because Steinsgate has a sequel series called Steins Gate Zero that comes after the original series. So when Steins Gate Zero was coming out like seven years later, mm-hmm. they did a marathon of Steins Gate of the, of the first series on television leading up to the premiere. And then in episode 23 of 24. They changed the ending leading into the, the sequel a moment that's supposed to go left goes right. And it leads directly into the sequel, changing the entire context of the end of the series. And it's seamless because they use the same animation style. They have the same voice cast coming back for the sequel. So they were able to create a moment that is so distinct for animation because it's really hard to do with living, breathing humans because after a show's over, they, they're going to grow older, they're going to get new jobs, they're going to do other things. If you want a case in point, look at the the first, the Joss Whedon Justice League, where they had to CGI <laughs> Superman's mustache off, and it looks terrible. Because he, he couldn't shave it off because he was doing uh, Mission Impossible, and it was in his contract, he had to have a mustache.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it just shows how the medium can be used in ways that are that's so distinctly unique to animation because not everything can just go, well, we decided that we're going to do uh, a new star Trek series and we're just going to end an episode of the next generation uh, by reshooting the end of it and leading it to a sequel series. Because all the people have grown older at since, since, like, <laughs> since the end of the next generation, so it's yeah. hard to just be able to go, All right, we're gonna hug everybody back, make sure they look exactly the same, and let it ride. Because, I mean, look at all this, all the modern stuff that Disney's trying to do by de-aging people, it uh, doesn't really look good either. <laughs> looks great on Paul, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Russell didn't look too bad in, in No, in No Guardians of right. Galaxy Two, but we're also talking about Picard is out there as well for after,
0: right. Next generation. So, yeah, but they but, didn't try to make him look younger. They just right. They didn't reshoot the ending of the Next Generation and lead it no, directly into Picard.
1: They did actually try to shoot some scenes that were in the past with <laughs> uh, with Data. Mm-hmm. So, Brett Spiner had a lot of. Worked makeup and stuff like that to make him look younger at the time or whatever because he's aged so he's got right. still because he's an android he has to look the same no matter what right exactly. so they have to do a lot of work on him there
0: so and it's one of those things that's that imagine them have to do that for all the cast members because that scene had basically had over half the cast in it so it's one of those it's very unique to animation being able to take an ending of a series and just go no we're doing something else now yeah which is like yeah it's
2: the power of animation is like that the ability to just read just keep going and do different things it's the thing that wb's uh like their dc uh animated series which why it's phenomenal like batman the animated series was phenomenal so the fact that it stretched upon the series and it's Batman didn't age. He was just yeah. kind of ageless, but he could go on with these fantastic stories that keep happening versus if this happened and you know, like, he would look like young Christian Bale, but by the end, he would be old Ben Affleck.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just really enjoy Steins Gate as a story. They do it. They, they do a lot of heavy lifting Um After the first couple episodes, because they spend the time to really let you see how these characters normally live their lives before you start tearing them down and seeing all the trauma behind their eyes Mm -hmm. that they've been hiding this whole time and watching one man slowly lose his mind, realizing that he has to ruin the hopes and dreams of all the people he cares about to save one person.
2: As they're also discovering things about them because, like, and they get glimpses of what's going on around him, they care about their friend, but the moment he jumps back in time, they forgot,
0: yeah, because he's
2: the only one that remembers, right? Because it doesn't happen to them, which is have to be the worst. Because, like, and oh, the like the end, which is great, is because Christina always helps him no matter which timeline he jumps into or where he's at, you know. You know, she's always there. Like, yes, I will help you. Yes. Let's go do this. I believe you. Let's do this.
0: And it's and there's a lot of heaviness to it. There's a lot of imagery that shows up at random that is that can be very dark because they literally have to kill a like an 18 year old over and over and over again, who is the most innocent and pure character of all the rest of them, who really oh. is just there because her friend is there. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I love that part of the series is like, just promise me you'll never use this shower here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is a bunch of humor, but it's also very dated because they use like at channel to like to research stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they use a bunch they they reference a bunch of like old memes that were popular in 2010. Yeah. A, and stuff memes, like that. Those memes still hold up. Yeah, but it's still, oh, yeah, but still. Yeah, yeah. The older it gets, you can definitely go. feel how dated it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine right. That's right. So, yeah. I
1: have a quick question. The yeah. is the is the attraction and the the meaningfulness of this show to you just the fact that it was your first foray into higher thought fiction or was there something about the story itself that really attract that really spoke to you?
0: It, it was a combination of the concept of this is the first anime that I felt like I emotionally like understood being being at a mature enough age to understand the emotional narrative parts of it, but also i I really enjoyed and emotionally connected with watching somebody struggle against fate what basically watching Okube struggle against what he knows is inevitable over and over and over and over again and watching himself fail and not give up about it. And even with that moment he was ready to just throw in the towel, the one person he still trusted in him helped him work himself through it. It's very much the emotional journey that Okube goes through and the fact that That by itself isolated, Steinsgate has a very great narrative that helps you go through and deal with all these other people's emotions. But with the seek on top of it, with the sequel series, Steinsgate Zero, it follows a different path of science and stuff they're dealing with, and it falls more into Okube dealing with the trauma of him doing these things, him Mm -hmm. watching somebody he cared about die. And him, basically losing all of his spirit and motivation for almost anything mm-hmm. and watching him deal with the trauma of it. For me, that's what it really a lot of it boils down to just it's the narrative itself is very powerful. And watching Okube's journey, even though there's a bunch of other stories of fighting against fate, it's very distinctly different than other ones because you can tell how powerless he really is. Mm-hmm. That that no matter he can't just punch the the issue and it goes away. He can't pull out a lightsaber and fight his way through it. He mm-hmm. has to think through it. He has to figure out what what is it? What is his friend's deepest desires and can he emotionally deal with the consequences of removing those desires from those people?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause yeah, that was the one thing that uh, he didn't just do it for them because he had the power too. Was like you know, what, I'm just going to do this thing, right? But he made them do it,
0: right? He they removed. they had to, they basically had to agree to change the past. Mm-hmm. He had, he he wouldn't do it if they didn't agree to do it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. All right. Okay. Huh.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which. Spoiler, also, I, I've watched the series. I've watched, you know, I've watched, uh, I think I've gone through it because I had to do the uh, this, the Japanese subtitle and I had to do the American Voice Actors and also the exact same with uh, Steins Gate Zero. Steins Gate Zero was pretty rough uh, to get through because it was like tearing back at the wound yeah. that you thought healed over from watching Steins Gate.
0: Uh, Steins Gate Zero is the- so rough because it's it's dealing with AI a lot more. And what is what is a person? Yeah. When you have somebody's memories saved into a computer, mm-hmm. do they are they still the same person? Yeah. Because that's the person that you knew, but they can't have new memories. They can't build new things from the past that you shared with them. Yep. And him dealing with all the trauma. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that's also a thing. <laughs> nah. hmm. okay. Yeah. okay oh. turn right. it over to, to you guys be, because I probably taught for more than my lot of time
2: <laughs> it's, fine, it's, fine, it's fine it's fine like I said not in book report. we just wanted to you know we just want to get that like the thing that like thing uh, and why it got to you why it affected you why are you you know and why did you you know feel like it's enough to share with the group so right got it. okay yeah. all, right. all right so let Harry go next Right. Ryan, Br- do you want to go next? Is this is, oh, No no you, you want... go you
1: go ahead. No, you had to go next. I've got I've got a topic that I could go on for a while about or I can shorten it up if needed. So let's let you go and then we'll see where we're at on the time. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan was like needs I need the heart's job. <laughs> <laughs> if you let me go now, you may not have time to <laughs> Get a word in, so Reinhold
0: right makes. Trust sense. me, Reinhold. If I really wanted to, me and Harry could have a back and forth conversation about Steins Gate mm-hmm. for the next four hours. Yeah, <laughs> that could be the four hour stream. Four hours. Just us talking about Steins Gate and Steins Gate Zero. All
2: right. So, my assignment for this one, the one I bring to you, is the cyberpunk um, anime uh, and manga uh, Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. The anime movie that, that i watched the ova really did affect me a lot um growing up as a kid because it was like just like donovan when you first saw your first like anime was like this whole like just affected you it affected me too like i was like i didn't know animation could go into that type of direction and coming into it like i really did enjoy like the i didn't realize how much i enjoyed the cyberpunk genre uh granted like uh I kind of got into it, you know, watching like like some of like more the the other live action American stuff, but I think the animated Japanese stuff that's what really pulled me, really pulled me in. And Ghost in the Shell had that for me, and it the reason why I enjoyed Ghost in the Shell and went because it gave interesting like philosophy and talking about different aspects of different like things of classical literature and brings up. A lot of the, it's one thing I like to pull from where I have a lot of uh, my concerns and why I do different things I do. So I'm going to go fast forward to the, this is it, the uh, Man of TV show for Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Um, Standalone Complex follows the tales of the, the infamous Lacquer. Uh, hacker, the Laughing Man. Okay, so Laughing Man basically uh, hacked from this basically this bio firm who had this vaccine for a disease. And they were hacking him because he apparently uncovered something about their vaccine and what was going on about it. So the, the cast and characters of, of uh, Ghost of the Show, like our heroes are protagonists for the series was this small public security section 9. That's what they call themselves. Um, and it's filled with Military cyborgs, police people, people that's working like undercover for the uh that used to infiltrate the Yakuza in Japan. And so they basically had this you know, people pulling from different expertise but made a team of eight people that was you know, worked in the shadows and tried to keep things, try to keep the peace in Japan, making sure the government stayed, uh, you know, up and up. Making, Kill that corruption and any other threat That happened out, you know, inside Well, they got brought The case of the Laughing Man after some certain Resurgences because The, what was going On inside of Ghost in the Shell, a lot of people Do this thing where they get cyberized Cyberizing is basically when you Get rid of your human body And you get a basically a cybernetic one So you basically get inside of a Like a robotic sh- shell or a ghost Inside of your shell Get it? Your ghost. ghosts. Humans have ghosts and when, go, and when they get cyberized, they have a ghost inside the shell of their, their head case. Get it? Uh, anyways, and the first movie dealt with the idea of can you, uh, if information and AI gather together enough, can the artificial intelligence and stuff like that, can it actually have a uh, a artificial ghost? Does an artificial ghost work? And they dealt with that in the first one. which reason why that stupid Netflix one just ticked me off. Anyways, we'll get that (laughs) way. The Ghost in the Shell standalone complex uh, dealt with the vaccine versus nanites uh, dealing dealing with an issue that came with uh, being cyberized called cyber eight, what they call uh, cybernetic ser- uh, sclerosis basically the hardening of the brain from being cyberized. Uh, some people would have this rare disease, this, this defect that was happening, and they had a uh, basically this anti thing that they would deal with to. It's basically just keep you addicted. You would just keep buying this drug, and you always had to keep paying for it and, and keep going on. But someone did develop a vaccine. One shot, you're done, you're here, you're gone, you're good, right? But that was suppressed because the organization really wanted it. Remember, Cyberpunk Dystopia, just because it resembled you the real world, too bad. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> welcome to Cyberpunk Dystopia. You know. <laughs> the bad guys are everyone. Um but these also but as the so section nine was uncovering a lot of these things They're also becoming like that the people in the government like they were finding out some people in the government as only they were suppressing this getting money from this organization they were also getting the vaccine getting to make sure that their family got the vaccines on the vaccine trials world and that's when the government was finding out the section 8 was onto the case it was going after them um so like the and uh <laughs> Of so government, uh, the government they, are also, they are also getting attacked by government corruption, having to deal with the politics. On we have these government officials that are doing bad, we've caught them, but they have so much power in the government. How do we arrest them? How do we go after them? We can't really go after them, uh, even though we've got them dead to rights they've got more power in the government. We'll say anything. We'll do all kinds of... We'll, we'll never make it there. This thing won't make it to trial. So they are having to also find different political ways to get around these those pitfalls of going up to someone high in power. Um, even actually one point of time having to less, fall on their own sword and make themselves look like the bad guys in order to get the prosecutors to pursue a case so they could go around in around and get all the other corrupt political officials. Which like I said, like it's you know, um but the other thing which also like the other themes so of the kids that had some other episodes that it went in around the same old complex thing They also deal with the, also some of the backstory um where this episode called Mean um basically is dealing with uh copies without an original or the standalone complex meme So basically you had all these people copying and mimicking something that just never existed. It doesn't have an original, but people were copying mimicking the exact same thing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, it's a blast show to watch, uh, but it also comes down, but it was really got me with it is the, uh, the thing that really that helped deal with the case with dealing with the government and getting all this down is, was that they, everyone had hackers on their side going different things, but what really got them was um, the person, some people inside were printing documents out the physical data rolls, what they couldn't hack <laughs> that were set in documents. And is that is what uh, those physical data logs which no one didn't account for or think about picking up that is the pitfall with the government someone built it and printed the log out and put it in the archive and no one went to got it because it's paper and eventually someone just said like wait a minute someone prints this out and they went there and got the paper documents and that's where, at the end of the series, the end of standalone Complex, where they find the the hacker of the Laughing Man hacker at when he f- you know finally shows his physical self, is that he's sitting there um, uh, in a library. So he sits there and he produces a physical library. So you're talking about a cyberpunk future dystopian world where everything is cyberized, everything is digital, and he maintains a library of physical print paper worth. Articles are written and put on paper and put on shelves. And it speaks to me personally, especially some guy with a server in his house, it speaks to me to having physical media and having different things because of a digital on a cloud or connected to the internet. If someone can hack your systems physically like that, they can edit it and change that. Yes, you can like, scribble in a book, but you have to put a post in a scribble and and update a book. And that's why like, I'm a huge proponent for owning something physical and physical in my hand. I know I'm going to sound like Ryan won't hear. like, yes, I like having things as you can see, like I have a bookshelf. This is, you know, a physical books. I continue buying new books in buy physical books, or if I have a piece of data, I like to download it in store and locally and have things run locally. Cause I want to physically control it. I want to have it because if anything happens for it, well, you can't change what I have. Um, during this, like a, uh, these past election cycles we've watched uh websites put up fake news then stuff edited and it's only for certain way back machines and sites or people who've gotten archives that you can actually sit back and realize this news article was edited stealthily no one noticed it they put out one thing but five minutes later changed the article and if you just read it that first time you know and didn't come back for the corrections the edits you have no idea what's going on and we're not talking and we're talking about full-on uh headlines which it to me like always back to back like all right i kind of at that moment you know it's i really do miss a physical newspaper because they're articles like if they have to print a retraction they they have to literally print a retraction they have to have the phys- you know i've got the physical paper if you put fake news out in physical paper i will always have the sheet of paper to show like you were fake news you, you produce this fake piece of content versus the website like we can just edit it or oh change the url you can't find the site anymore ha 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 ha, ha. and um that's, you know, like back in the trenches of, uh, of the game review. That's where we, a lot of people learned how to do like pooling art, art archives because screenshots can be edited. Everything's going to be edited and those you know, things are opened up and seen live. It's, you know, everything can be fictitious, hacked, or changed on you. And yeah, and that's what, to me, like Ghost to the Shell really pulled from me is that whole idea of, in a world where everything could be changed on a fly, like, the only thing you can really trust is something you can really hold in your hands. Uh, <laughs> that's where, like, so, like, yeah. Yeah. And that's just standalone complex. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, anyway. Hence why you wanted to uh talk about this when we were talking about the HBO uh, HBO Max removal of all the Cartoon Network stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. It's gone biggest- ad- they, they
0: removed it and swiped the internet of all that stuff, and yeah. now nobody, the only people that remember are the ones that worked on it or who watched the show, and <laughs> there are a bunch of people that will never discover it because it's gone.
2: I know. It's almost like you can create another book, like, like Fahrenheit 451 or something like that, like the temperature which data deletes. You know, got people like on memorizing like animated shows or shows that are in their heads.
0: (laughs) They just become TV shows. And (sighs) that's that's the that's kind of what it comes down to with their current. How a lot of everything is done where everybody wants it now. Mm -hmm. And also the ease of streaming compared to me going and buying a Blu-ray now. Or or DVD or VHS are going as far back as you can find things. Oh yeah. yeah, it's the only places I see of any of the animated stuff that has Blu-rays or anime, and that's mm-hmm. because they make tons of money in Japan by selling the Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. Way too much money in Japan by selling the Blu-rays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it
2: is it is uh, strangely easy to get your your Japanese fix on Blu-ray physical decks. It's really Mm -hmm. hard to do any U.S. stuff for a lot of TV shows because a lot of times they don't... They're never going to produce it as a DVD by uh, quote-unquote official release. The official release just doesn't exist. If you want to get that content, you have to... Put on the other hat, Hoist <coughs> <laughs> the colors, and then <laughs> you can get your release. Even though, like, you would go out and buy a physical release, I would get on the uh, website of my choosing and buy it and bring it into me, but eh, they won't let me. So, and that well,
1: that's not always an option either, because there's a lot of ap- a lot of shows that I want to get copies of, like, were one or two seasons long, mm-hmm. and the people who own the rights to them just don't feel like it's worth spending the money to put out the the content so I can't even get you know, through alternate means, I can't Mm -hmm. even get copies of the stuff because
2: it just does not exist. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can't find it. It's not there. It's, you know... uh, It
1: it took us years to get WKRP in Cincinnati because they put out a first first season DVD. Mm -hmm. It was terribly received because they replaced all the music in it because they didn't want to pay for any of the rights.
2: (sighs) Yeah.
1: And it was badly edited. Um, it was the. It wasn't even the original stuff. It was the uh, modified for um, uh, syndication edits mm-hmm. that took out scenes here and there of all the shows. Mm-hmm. So everybody complained about it. So they didn't put out. They didn't put out any more. Then finally, a company called Shell Factory mm-hmm. got in there, did it right, got all four yeah. seasons going, mm-hmm. and put as much of the music as they could in there. They're still, you know. Mm-hmm. Problems with some of the stuff, people just didn't want to give up the rides. You know, stones were a big problem, and some of those guys, but it's um, it was great that they did that, but not everybody gets that. And I'm waiting for I'd like to see the new WKRP come out on DVD so I can watch it, but you can't find that anywhere. You can only find like little bits and pieces mm-hmm. of uh, videotaped transferred to digital on YouTube. I mean, that's the, that's it, that's all you get.
0: Right. And another great example was um, Evangelion. Mm-hmm. For a long time, it was in it was in rights limbo, and it was hopping around from company to company, and they wouldn't let the original creator have it until yep. Netflix bought the rights to it and redid the dub themselves because Netflix well, don't bought the rights to it.
1: And how many how many movies and t- and stuff. How many movies are out there that you're like? oh, I just want to watch the movie, and you go look in the streaming site, and it's not available on yeah. any streaming. Stone. site.
2: Yeah.
1: And then you go, then you, then one day it's like, oh, it's available on Amazon, and you mm-hmm. have to rush and try to buy it so that you can have it in your your uh, <laughs> database great. that you can watch, right? So, oh yeah, Max Headroom's coming back. By the way, there's a they're re they're bringing it back
0: <laughs> with
1: Matt Frewer. So they're talking about that next year, I think.
2: Donovan, you're a Max Headroom fan, right?
0: Oh, shit.
1: I'm a big Max Headroom fan.
2: I'm talking about this. So, like, do you want to know? Do you know what Max Headroom is? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I got this clip queued up, but I was going to, like.
0: Yes. And I also even know about the the hack that they use where they use Max Headroom in the hack of the (laughs) live broadcast. I know about that too. Come on.
2: <laughs> okay, okay, all right, all right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just you know rude.
0: It was technically <laughs> before your time. A lot of things were before my time.
1: Okay, all right, all right. Well that came out when I was in college. So that was back in 85. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of
0: things were before my time. Okay. But 85 right. well, was negative nine.
2: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Spicy. So <laughs> attacking
2: hole with emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> was just... And that's our sponsor, G Fut. Oh, so, G- technically G- I could uh, be your grandfather, grandfather
1: is what we're saying. That's good. that's good to know. Technically I could be your grandfather.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, what's uh I'll the uh, what's the wall network finally gets enough money we can get it, yeah, uh um, sitcom, you know. Since <laughs> he starts writing sitcoms, you know, you oh, can okay. you know you can play his grandpa in a sitcom. It'd be great. It'd be, it'd be it'd called Get
0: called off My Lawn. <laughs> get Off My Lawn. It wouldn't even be a sitcom. Be a pod- today. It'd yeah. just be a <laughs> podcast of everybody on the Wall Network complaining about either the younger or older generation. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> Probably. So basically just like our chat. Yeah, yeah, pretty basically. much, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, but with a laugh track, but with a laugh track, and and a slight, and ninety percent less offensive memes.
1: Well, um, uh, our mm-hmm. chat does have a,
2: a laugh track in my head. I, oh. I hear it as <laughs> everything. All right. All right, yeah, that's fine. That's
0: fine. Yeah. Anything All else you want cool. to talk about? That for Harry?
2: What for? Ghost of the Show?
0: Yeah. Okay, now the second season goes to this shit off. <laughs> I mean, no, y- you're the one on the time limit, sir. No, no.
2: I will <laughs> let, I will. Uh, <laughs> we'll step down and relinquish my time to Reinhold. <laughs> In the presence of trying to get this into the uh, uh, somewhat of a nice tight hour.
0: Sounds like uh, hour 15 sorry. to me, but, you know, need to hear another. Tight.
1: <laughs> So let's uh, we need to talk about tight when we're talking about bare naked ladies, right? Is that what we're talking about? Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So <laughs> bare ladies in the context that I'm discussing, is the name of a um, sort of alternative band, rock alternative rock band, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. It's hard to it's hard to say. So um, yeah, but it's alternative rock. They started kind of in the early nineties in Canada and they were what was considered quirky. They got their start their The first kind of claimed the notoriety by recording their first video on, uh, I can't remember the name of the, of the program, but it's basically, it was like, it was speaker's corner. I think it was the name of it, but the Canadian broadcast system had set up a, like a camera booth where you could go in and you could just record your thoughts for like a minute and then it would save it and then they would go through it and they decide if they wanted to air one, you know, somebody's thoughts, you know, something like an op-ed or something. So they decided to jump in the booth and record a song and it got a bunch of airplay from that. And they, they ended up uh, kind of breaking out. They were one of the first artists to sell a certain number of cassettes Um that they made themselves. You know how when you go to see some rock bands that are getting started, they sell, hey, get our DVD, get our CD hmm. or whatever, right? They sold enough to get on the record charts and, and chart for it in Canada. <laughs> so the the thing about Beringin' Ladies that I like a lot is they have irreverent humor in their songs, hmm. but they also have very serious topics that they go on about. And some of them are very, very dark in that regard. But the most important thing is that it's all very intelligently written. And an example of that is uh, there's a song uh, called When I Fall. Uh, And it's basically the the story of a, a window washer who's washing the windows of the high rises and he sees all the, you know, the rich people inside making their money. And he's out there. He, he basically says that his, uh, a crystal clear canvas is his masterpiece because if it's, you know, that's how he looks at it. But he, he, he imagines falling off the building and says something to the, and, and the, the line is 9.8 straight down. So there's some science, 9.8 straight down. Um, <laughs> the the Brian Wilson, a great song about Brian Wilson, where they talk about uh, uh, Pavlov's dog in there. Ring a bell and I'll salivate. How would you like that? Is, is the line? It's um it's very very intelligent. Uh, a song called Box Set that was put out um was basically examining the the box set craze that was going on at the time. You know, everybody was putting out their own box set. So he put out this box, he was talking about putting out his box set because he was, um, the story was about the guy who had been around for so long mm-hmm. that everybody just knew him for his one hit, even though he's mm-hmm. done all this other work and he's getting frustrated and angry about it. And he's like, you know, and but the song's kind of, a, a, kind of about his going through that process of dealing with it. Uh, but he, he starts listing off what's on each of the, uh, discs, and one of them was a dance remix, a full full nothing but dance remixes. Um, <laughs> another one was all new material, but his voice had gone because he had he had a, a cold, so they used a computer to try and make it work, and it it sounds horrible, you know. So it's all this, all these <laughs> little joke things about how people were putting box sets together. Um, very, it's a very good song. Um, songs about. um there's a song called Running Out of Ink where um, it, it's about somebody who's like had been writing music and was successful. And then now he's writing more music, but it's not as good. And he doesn't like it, he doesn't think it's as good. People are telling him it's not as good. So he's like considering himself running out of ink. He doesn't have the ability to do what he used to do. So that's a little bit of a fear there. Uh, songs about war, songs about uh, drugs. Uh, just, just some really intelligent stuff even last year they put out a new song off their latest album they've been doing this for, for this long period of time still going mm-hmm. and, uh, they put out, and they put out a new song called um, New Disaster and it examines uh, basically uh, outrage culture like, trying the news media cycles just trying to get everybody up angry and, and mad and fighting with each other. It's like constantly sucking you onto the TV so you can't live your life because you're so engaged in the outrage. Uh, so it's kind of about that, and uh, it's a really good song there. Um, they also wrote the song for Big Bang Theory. Which you yeah. may have may have heard that theme song. Yeah. Which actually, if you listen to the whole song, is really good. There's some great lines in there, very intelligent lines in there about Australopithecus and stuff like that. It's very funny. Um,
2: funny, so it's, it's, part of the whole show.
1: Now, <laughs> now nah, nah. we don't need that um, nerd reference. I have a, I have a love hate, I have a love hate relationship with Bernie with uh, that was a, uh, Big, big bang, bang, bang Theory. But that's my mm-hmm. um the unfortunate thing with, with uh, Bare Naked Ladies is that one of the founding members left the group after some issues. So he's no longer with the group and writing and everything. So I think some of their quirkiness has gone away because of it. But they still do some great stuff and they still do, they really tackle some good topics. And they do it in a very irreverent manner. So it's, it's fun to listen to. It tackles hard, difficult issues. A lot of the times, sometimes not. Sometimes it's just pure comedy. Um, they have a song called "King of Bedside Manor, which is hilarious. Um, their live shows are incredible. I don't know if you ever—it's what—it's the only the only live show that I ever seen was better mm-hmm. and more entertaining was Weird Al, because Weird Al, Al puts on a show. That's fair. All right so that's that's entertaining but they come out and they sound awesome. They take breaks in between the songs to do raps and uh, make up little things back and forth these little call and answer things that they did they did all the time um, the, the funny thing is that they're they're one of the first bands who have done a lot of things like they had the the first video uh, for one of their songs made by YouTube stars. Now that was done later by um, uh, what was the name of the band uh, Radiohead, right? Weezer did that too. Uh, yeah, but they where well, they literally just took a bunch of memes and shoved it in a music video. Yeah, but this was actually like they got uh, um, like Kona and all these people who are like the original OG YouTube guys were actually. Filming bits that get it went into the song, so it was like a video of them doing things. Um, so they they did that. They had a, uh, a contest for making a fan video to a song, and if yours was picked, you got to be into the official video. And the guy who won the official video ends up running through like I think supposedly naked through this uh, thing. So it's, it's it was <laughs> kind of fun for that. Um, and there were but there were a lot of good fan stuff that came out of that. Then there are um, when when I went to go see him a concert uh, years and years ago uh, before you know the split the um, they were what they were doing was they were selling CDs mm-hmm. of that concert not like a CD of the concert that they you know they're <laughs> doing this concert and this is a CD with all the songs on it they would record this this uh song they re- they recorded the show through the mixer pump it to a music file and you could buy it and download it and have it so whichever show you saw you could get that one it was really good so and the one i went to go see had uh lannis morissette as a guest so they came out and sang a song together at the end it was such a great night because they were really good together
2: that's that's awesome so, and- Probably high better quality than whatever everyone does with their stupid phone that no one's going to watch. Again. Oh, it was, oh. it
1: was, uh, it was, um, they were recorded in lossless format. Mm. So you mm. can download it in lossless.
2: If more you should do this. This way we can shout at oh, people, yeah. put your yeah. damn phone down and just buy the video afterwards.
1: God damn. Okay. So man. this was just the audio. It wasn't the video, but still, it's like you can have all your music right on the. I mean, it sounded good because it's like come. They sound good in concert. I mean, I've been to a couple of their concerts, and no matter where you're sitting at in the mm. concert, it sounds as Hold good on. as the record.
2: It just hit me. Lossless format? Are you yes. serious?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. oh. Yeah. Mm.
1: Big old files, but it was lossless. <laughs>
2: Oof, go home with that disc. Like, you, it's like ah, time to break out the good headset. <laughs> I got
1: it. Got it on my computer. I can listen to it. It's mm-hmm. such good. It's such a good th- thought process. And they were. This was. God, what was it fifteen years ago
2: mm-hmm.
1: when they were doing that? So they were really on the cutting edge of doing that sort of thing, right? And so they broke out of the record company and started their own production company, and because mm-hmm. they got tired of dealing with all that stuff, so they get a lot less. You know, promotion and, and everything else for the years, but they still have a good following because once you kind of get into Naked Ladies, mm-hmm. you don't want to stop. <laughs> it's, like an, it's like something that you carry for the rest of your life because it's so smart, so funny, and such a good time where a lot of the music that I see, you know, even in the 80s was like this, and 90s, but even, and, and especially now, it's just, it's mindless, right? It's all about the beat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's fine and all, but I enjoy having my brain kind of tickled a little bit while I'm listening to the music and enjoying the beat.
0: Okay, so Reinhold, if you had to pick like three songs as your favorite, which ones, which ones would they be? Ah, uh,
1: probably box set, which is one of my favorites. Um, there's a song called, and these are going to be non-hits. These are these are these are deep cuts um so there's new disaster there's box set and the other one what was it i can't remember the name of it's um it's basically it's the song about um never like even if i had three wishes to change everything i wouldn't change anything
0: Mm, yeah i know someone you're talking about
1: because yeah. So I can't, I can't, for some reason, I just, the name escapes me, but, um, yeah, they did the induction that they got, they got put into the Canadian rock, uh, rock and Roll hall of fame. They got back together to perform at that, that, um, um, that event they were, they were inducted in by Getty Lee. Right. <laughs> so, but they got on stage and it was all five members back again. And they sang, uh, uh one week and, um, uh, if I had a million dollars, right, and it was, and I watched the pre the pre uh, interviews and them talking to each other for the first time in like ten years, and it was just, it was really amazing to get into that and see that that they were coming back together. There's a there's a if you if you really want to have some fun before they kind of split, the two guys who were good friends, right, they kind of went different ways, um, but they did something called bathroom sessions on YouTube. Tonight and I fell asleep at the wheel is such a good song, by the way. I love that song. Um, but they did something called bathroom sessions. If you go on YouTube and you look them up, Bare Ladies Bathroom Sessions, it's basically uh, them in there. He, he's in there playing music, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Stephen comes in. Stephen Page comes in every once in a while and does. Uh, they do a duet together, and some of them are very funny. <laughs> I think there's one time where they're singing the song and he uh it starts off with just you know just the one the one singer and then Stephen Page right like uh 30 seconds into it walks out of the bathroom buttoning up his pants and you hear the flush of the toilet. Sorry, right in the middle of the song. It's just they're having fun with it, but it's all acoustic re redos of all their music just to a video camera on YouTube, and that was God, that had to be tw- 14, 15, 16 years ago when he did that. So they're they're out there, you can watch them, they're very
0: fun. It's really interesting that the like, like I've known a baronic ladies because you know most people know of them probably not as in depth as you do. But it was really weird that a couple years ago, um, the their music video for death Say That Out Loud was released by Rooster Teeth. Like a what bunch was
1: of that was the second one by rooster teeth the first one was mm-hmm. odds are mm-hmm.
0: but yeah um, Rooster Teeth did a bunch of their music videos just randomly i was like that's weird yeah, they, <laughs> why are they, they on got, Rooster teeth they,
1: they got together with rooster teeth rooster teeth was trying to do production they hired rooster teeth to do them for him everybody liked each other they are they're big fans of each other mm-hmm. right the bernie ladies love rooster teeth and rooster teeth love bernie ladies so they, it was just a match made in heaven and they made like four or five videos together and uh It's because it's real funny because I love watching Rooster Teeth and watching Gavin be the star Mm -hmm. (laughs) of that video and then seeing all the little inside jokes that Rooster Teeth put into the video that most people would just have not gotten. But I see them and I'm laughing hysterically at every single one of them. It's funny. So um, that was that was always that was fun to see that. So that collaboration. We're going long I don't want to go too long. Yeah, I, can go for, I, could start, I could start reading off the lyric sheets if you wanted to
2: <laughs>
1: for, there's, a, there's a song about um, <laughs> there's, there's a song about a, a group of people who are dealing with a failed bank robbery and how they're trying to get away because when they went into the to the uh, bank in mm-hmm. order to rob them, they found out that the place was full of uh, nuns and they just couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they couldn't rob the nuns, so now they're trying to get away with the failed robbery, and everybody's running, and it's
2: a hilarious talk. <laughs> it's, uh, it's messed up. <laughs> so it's like a payday episode. Like, oh, yeah, it's good. There's
0: there's we're supposed kids. to be quiet. We're supposed to do this quiet
1: there's a great song. So they've one thing, there's, there's a couple of things about American ladies. First of all, is there's always one song on every album that is really weird, but I always found that I liked it the best. Um, the, uh, like there's one called sell, 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 which is about, you know, an actor who was brought in to sell, um, war to people, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then there's, uh, and then I fell asleep at the wheel. That's another one that, that's kind of the weird one on this. They Burn. they really great at songs. They just, what I find is that they're really bad at bridges. <laughs> they don't know how to do a bridge well. And it, it just really takes away some of the songs when they do this kind of weird little things in there to try to make the bridge work. But beyond that, um, there's, <laughs> there's actually the one song they did, which is a waltz uh, that's basically what did you do with the woman I love? Did you hide her away and kill her or something and take her place? Cause you're not that person, right? So it's, this is like a a guy realizing that his wife had changed and he no longer saw her the way she was. She's different now. And it's, it's a really uh, cute little song. It's a nice waltz song uh, three, four times, but it's just stuff like that. I mean, they've got such great songs on all of their albums. It's it's really hard to pick, even
2: a top ten. Well, well, we're at home. It is like uh, we're getting to that but So, like, um, if someone had to, if you had to pick one song, one, Brian Lady song, he's like, if you got to listen to one, mm-hmm. what's the one song? Brian Wilson. Okay. All right. You heard it here, folks. If you're going to, you know, <laughs> you, when you wake up this morning and you just like, you know what, you need a song to, on in the shower, put it on. Put some baronade ladies on listen to uh, what, what? Brian
0: Wilson. Brian
1: Wilson. Get a live version. It's off the, there's a Rock Spectacle album. The live version is so good. Um, mm-hmm. And When I Fall is a great kind of counter to that too. So mm-hmm. Brian Wilson is just a really good feel. You know, to the point where Brian Wilson Mm -hmm. sings that song in his concerts. I don't know who
2: Brian Wilson is. I'm sorry.
1: Brian Wilson is one of the uh, Beach Boys. He's like the founding Mm -hmm. member, the main
2: driving force behind the Beach Boys. I've heard of them. Uh, I only heard of the Beach Boys because of the TV show Full House.
1: Brian Wilson was famous for having a uh, emotional breakdown, basically, and it's kind of um, the song the lyric is it goes, "I'm lying in bed just like Brian Wilson did," and it's, it's about dealing with depression and uh, stuff like that. It, it's really, really a well heartfelt song.
0: I love it. Oh,
2: so perfect for the like early morning shower. Totally. Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right before, right at your cry, right before you, the, the day you go. Oh, yeah. Get that, that cry going. That way you can mm-hmm. just refresh mm-hmm. yourself so you can get ready to go to work. Got the good cry going. And yeah. not murder your, your co-workers.
2: Yeah. Got got the good cry. Got the good cry. It's the best <laughs> thing about working from home, you know? <laughs> you co-workers can't watch you cry. All right. So, before this gets too long on the truth, Reinhold, I will say this. I... Okay, I'm not going to promise. i mean, do attempt one time before this year's up. We're gonna do a long stream on a Friday night. I'm not saying which Friday
0: night.
2: <laughs> right. We'll make sure you know well in advance, so you make sure you you're free. We gotta
1: advertise it. We gotta <laughs> advertise it, and we
2: can advertise it. We'll see what we can also we can grab, and we'll we do a talk about long. it on the big show. We'll talk mm-hmm. about it on the uh, mm-hmm. um, Hody show. We'll we'll have him talk about it. <laughs> Honestly, if we go long enough on a Friday night, like Hody might be able to pop in yeah, on a late, late, late sure. Friday night one. Like we'll just
1: we'll just we'll just uh video call him and pull him in without his mm-hmm. without his consent because that's the fun <laughs> part right oh yeah
2: yeah yeah just pull a bit yeah we'll just drop a link in there like hey we're gonna go long jump in jump out who wants to come in maybe we'll run Ren- we'll get Trisha and remzo on it'll be yeah, fun yeah it should be fun yeah 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 all right so no promises but I will attempt
0: so what are you picking for next episode <sighs> uh
1: Oh, man. Oh, look at I what's know, on my list.
2: I forgot. I know what you want me to pick. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think I want you to pick? <laughs> I know what you want. You want me to say Initial D. Right? I
0: don't want you to say anything. <laughs> this is, if, like I, <laughs> If you pick Initial D, then the next episode is going to be depressing we'll just put it this preface it that way so if you pick Initial D I'm doing your line April and this is going to be sad so everyone's going to be sad I'm
2: just, just like I will make this sad this will to be so sad for you it
0: is, Initial D is the only anime on your list that isn't sad enough that that we, we won't miss make an entire episode depressing alright all
2: right. then I think I will go back to Gundam then okay which one they're all so different you're right and i really have to like be very particular and i think i'm going to talk about what i really really want to scream about and want to screech about uh, and get it off my chest i think i'm going to do gundam wing that's fair i want to that's get fair. this one off my chest <laughs> i thought about waiting
0: for this one to really hold into this one but like i can't i can't hold it in anymore i really want to do gundam wing that's fair that's fair um, and then I'll do Sainar Zetsubo Sensei. The what? I'll talk about it. Okay,
2: that's good.
1: <laughs> and if anybody's interested, of course, what I'll be doing mm-hmm. is timely. Uh, we'll do the kids in the hall. Nice. Okay. Since so they just had a, a their f- f- sixth season release this year. So.
2: <laughs> nice. <laughs> <We're> just... <laughs> Excellent. Which, when I first saw that, like Kids of the Hall is back. It's like, what are they just redoing the shows? Oh, oh, they're making a new season.
0: Oh, what? <laughs> what? Oh, Jesus.
2: And they, and they
1: very first, very first sketch tell their fans that they aren't screwed around <laughs> and to expect anything because you end up with. Full frontal from two of the
2: guys. Oh, my God. We're not on TV anymore. <laughs> let Because <go. laughs> the, the, the bit said, well, you know, is
1: there, they're robbing a bank. Uh, I don't, we shouldn't probably get into it too much, but they're okay, robbing okay. a bank because oh, yeah. it's, it's funny, um, and and they're like, oh, we're gonna do, they're gonna catch us because yeah, but they're looking for two guys who wear clothes. We we're not wearing any clothes. They won't know it's us. So they oh. take all. They, they realized and they said when they were writing this the sketch that they realized they kind of had to do it. They couldn't just kind of fake it, and they were kind of <laughs> thinking about you know surreptitiously putting things in the way and doing this like. And they said, no, we're the kids in the hall. We're gonna do it and they We're did
0: just gonna it. Go.
2: We're,
1: just gonna go. <laughs> We're just gonna
2: do it,
0: okay?
2: All right. all right, this one should be fun. It should be fun. Yeah. So, uh, next Monday, or, well, Monday's late. Next Monday's Labor Day.
0: I mean, I'm still okay with that. I have nothing better to do, dude. Yeah, I, I'll be fine. I'm fine.
1: That's fine. <laughs> so what? I might, even, it might even be better because I won't have
2: like work all day and be tired on my mother, so it'll be fine, right? Yeah, I won't have work all day, so yeah, I, yeah, I sleep in. My sleep in. I sleep. Some reading. Yeah, by sleep in. I mean, six a.m.
0: <laughs> by sleep in. He means four forty-five. <laughs> yes. so,
1: so, so bring up a uh, new disaster and stick us out on that. We'll just, we'll just end the show with a whole naked Lady song. Just
0: <laughs> that. That's called copyright, trickster.
2: Are, are you trying? You to- get eight <laughs>
0: seconds let's yeah, not yeah.
2: do that yeah, let's <laughs> not do that okay let's have not, you uh, not been watching so you know, fun yeah, the, yeah, i want a
0: restriction to monetize saga happening on youtube right now
2: I, I do want to push the envelope and actually like post clips of some of the shows that we have right uh, especially like after watching like uh, angry Joe like the angry joe filter over mm-hmm. like the clips so we actually like play the clips mm-hmm. you know you just got the requirement like there has to be no music on it and you've got like to You've got eight seconds.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Play the clip, do it. It's all you get. It's going to have this filter over.
0: Oh, God. It's going to be so good. But yeah.
2: I thought about, like, just like, let's push it. Let's see what's going to happen. What's worse the worst you know? Yeah. Worst well, we could
1: do stills, right? We can do still pictures. Oh, of yeah. Parts so, of this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, like, some of us are doing um, motion. A lot of the stuff that uh, <laughs> Vince and I do are motion. Okay. All right, I know a lot of your things <laughs> is music, Sorta. which is like so, well, yeah, instant co- it's instant it's, copyright.
0: <laughs> <but> it's like <laughs> immediate I, copyright.
1: No, but there's videos. I can show a picture of the video, so you can see the yeah. people, what the guys look like, or something. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. So I don't have to play the song. Yeah, love yeah. to. I'd love to be able to do a, a, a podcast where I could just play music and talk about it. But there's not a lot of them out there doing that because it's hard. <laughs> because you get hit a
2: lot. Now, if you want Reinhold, uh, we're in the, uh R&D department. We we can make our own streaming servers that we can do whatever the heck we want over there. True. We
1: yeah, but that. what happens What happens when they go after your internet provider and you oh. get your three strikes? Well, that's the
2: thing, sir. Uh, <laughs> they've got to fight me. <laughs> find the cloud server. They can find the cloud server, but I bought that cloud server with Bitcoin, so good luck.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you're and you're using onion router, right? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's not enough people in my neighborhood to use use Tor. I I I moved to an area which I like, but like no one here uses Tor. <laughs> it's really hard to get through. So like, every, I like every time I boot up Tor, like everyone, I, I'm uh Target. There's no one in this area <laughs> using Tor. <laughs> yeah, that's the best thing about being in the city. You could, you could probably echo uh, someone around you is using Tor. And that goes a shout out to all you people out there. For, uh, um, if, you're not playing using Tor randomly, you should just uh, turn tour on just randomly. Just turn it on, leave it on, just do something. <laughs> Trust, got a computer on the side? Just put Tor on it. Put it off to the side. Anyway, that's enough of this before this gets too long in the truth. All right. I'm wrap the sucker up. So you know what we're doing next week. It's gonna be Labor Day. You'll be off all day. You know, crack a beverage, listen to us at nine o'clock, uh, Eastern Standard Time. And as we go through all this, uh as we hit the classic, which we're doing uh, Gundam Wing <coughs> from Vincent and uh Kids in the Hall from uh, Reinhold.
0: <laughs> the English is goodbye, Mr. Despair.
2: Yeah, sure, it is.
0: It really is. <laughs>
2: yeah, sure, it is. All right. Everybody say
0: goodbye. Never. Bye. Uh-